Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. From deep down in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, at a place that you don't talk about at parties. Welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. What kind of trouble did Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, Rutherford, and The Dog find themselves in this week with the latest episode entitled Much Ado About Boimler? Well, let's find out. My name is Dan Davidson, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Each week, we're here to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it. As always, we like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are dishing it out. And when I say we, uh, you know I can't do this alone. It, It would be pretty boring, and it's hard to have an argument with myself, so I... No, it's not. I I brought in three people to argue with me. First up, she is one of the hosts on Rewind, the Star Trek podcast right here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Poutine, spotty internet, or horrible currency exchange rates are all part of a normal day for one of our favorite Canadians. Her name is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. What's up, eh? Hi. Wow. Yeah, dude, you're, you're thin ice on this one already. That's all we're known for is the poutine, the bad internet, and the failed dollar. No, but we're known for one of the best hosts on Rewind. Mm, I don't know. Well, so why do you hate Haley? Yeah. I, she's, not, she's not here. If she was here, I'd be saying the same thing. And next up, <laughs> we have just a wonderful human being. He I loves quit. dogs. He loves Star Trek. And he loves drinking beer out of glass boots. I've seen it. He's the often inebriated Casey Shasky. Hi, Casey Shasky. How are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> How are you all? There you go. Good you to know, have you here. Clara, Phil, Stan, it's great to see you all and just continue our 34-year <laughs> friendship. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, rounding out this amazing and fun panel is a man who really needs no introduction so I won't bother. On to the next topic of discussion. I kid, of course, come on. Oh, stop crying, Bill. Uh, the Podcast Network would be nothing without his brains and his talent. He's my good friend, my brother in Trek, and as always, my amazing number one. He is Bill Smith. Hey, buddy. Well, thank you, and welcome to the Comedy Central Roast uh, by Dan Davidson. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I didn't realize we were starting early. So, uh, it's wow. a good thing you're drinking. Well, it's all going downhill from here, so I had to start at the top. It doesn't it always. It's great to be here, buddy. Uh, excited to talk about this episode again with Sarah and Casey. Yes, well, it's Yay. good to have the two Yay. of them here as always. So let's get right into it. Much Ado About Boimler, Episode 7. Wow, Episode 7. Not many left. Um, let's start with some ranking, shall we? Name, rank. Chekhov. Pavel. Rank. Admiral. 
one to four pips. Let's start with you, Bill. What do you think? This is tough. I've been thinking about this ever since the episode aired, and I'm going to say one and a half pips. I'm going to say Lieutenant Junior Grade for Much Ado About Boimler. Okay. I'm sure we're going to find out why later, and let's go right on to Sarah. Sarah, what do you think? That was a low score by Bill, so Um, what you got? Yeah. Well, first, though, I give your hosting a a point one out of four, so (laughs) it can only really go up from there. I'm going to give this- Can it? Can't hit, I know. I'm going to give it a 2.31489. Oh, oh. pie. Nice. I like that. Okay. Wow. All right. And Casey, round them. Uh, well, I still got to go, but round it up. Yeah. Um. This. I was going back and forth. This is a 2.5 pips. Lieutenant Commando. Okay. So kind of low scores all around. This one was really hard for me to, to decide what I was going to rank it. If I was going to rank it on entertainment value, I would have given it a three. If I'm mm. ranking it on Star Trek, I would have given it a one. So I'm going to meet it halfway and I'm going to give it a two pips. And we're going to get it into all of the reasons, I'm sure, uh, when we take that turbo lift down to deck 47. But before we do that, Bill, let's um, find out what uh, wonderful, wonderful things you have to say and how people can get in touch with us about Much Ado About Boimler. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Well, on both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. And in both of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, suggestions, or even tell us what drinks you'd order at the farm. And of course, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button on the right-hand side. Please remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Daniel. Thank you, William. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode seven of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Lower Decks, watch the episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for Much Ado About Boimler. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the six-sentence recap starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. So here's the thing. With this episode, it was really tough to nail it down to just six sentences. So it's going to seem like I've skipped a lot of stuff, but I'm condensing a whole lot. However, there is a bonus seventh sentence. I'm going to spoil that right now. But for now, here we go. Tendi has a genetically re-engineered dog, at least we think. It's a dog. Boims winds up slightly out of phase after helping Rutherford test a transporter upgrade. Mariner gets to play first officer for a babysitter captain, who also used to be a great friend of hers below decks in days gone by. Ah, memories. Since no cure can be found for them, both Boimler and the dog get sent to the farm run by Starfleet's Division 14. Dun, dun, dun. Mariner and the captain, work to save a Starfleet crew, and Rutherford saves the day with his transporter. And Boimler winds up back in phase and has to leave the farm. And now, for your exclusive bonus seventh sentence, a new life form emerges with great joy and gratitude. Great joy and gratitude. Gratitude. And scene. <laughs> Ta-da!
Nailed it. Four Love pips. It. Four pips. Four pips. Mm-hmm. Pip, pip, hooray. Pip, pip, hooray. <laughs> All right. You know what's up. You've seen him on season three of Survivor. You almost saw him on a controversial, unaired episode of Wheel of Fortune. And now he's here to show us what was hidden and not so hidden in tonight's episode. That's Casey. In Casey's Cornea Corner. And I always worry I'm going to trip over that every time. And each time I knock it out of the park. Boom. Yeah. Because you're, you're not me. <laughs> Four pips for you. Who told you about the Pat Sajak uh, lawsuit? That I, I know my way around Reddit. Okay. I've seen and heard all of it. I stay, mm-hmm. I stay the hundred feet away. He doesn't have anything to worry about. Would you look at that? All right. Well, gosh, this week, basically, I saw this entire episode as a parody of TNG, just laughing at itself. Um, you know, right off the bat, we get those delicious, super awesome black covert ops attire that, <laughs> you know, when you're on a mission, nothing says everything's in the ordinary, like dressed in full black with hoodie, <laughs> ponchos, all that stuff and slinking around. Oh my God. And when this is happening, who knew Ransom could fit his weights somewhere <laughs> in that uniform? <laughs> it's like, dang, buddy. Mariner wants no part of a babysitter Jellico type temp captain. Nice. And that was a nice, just, I kept going, they're, they're just going to keep nailing this all week long here. What are they looking for on this little mission? They're dealing with roulotte seeds. Now, I had remembered the name, but for the life of me, could not have remembered where that was from. So thank you, Memory Alpha. <laughs> Went on there and checked it out for DS9. And uh, I was like, you know, hey, good. Well, another nice little callback that if you didn't know it, that's okay, but it just adds some depth. Tendy's uh, creation of the dog, and, and Dan, jump in on certain things here with this segment with me, because every time the dog came up, I just kept flashing back to different horror flicks. <laughs> Hardcore. So it's like <laughs> when, when it's first introduced... When they're sleeping and they're getting ready to go, and it spider walks Exorcist. up to the ceiling. Exorcist three with the great George C. Scott. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, that, that was, was creepy, perfect!" And that yep. that weird little music, that little clinky thing. Yep. I was like, Oh god, that grossed me out. <laughs> then when the dog is in sick bay and rips its head open. <laughs> A la John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing. The thing. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Bats. Oh, right? <laughs> it just went to that. I kept going, oh my God, where are they going to go next with this? We got the awesome looking ship, the NX75300, the Osler. Now, multiple things going on here. First, it's led by an Edosian, which we first saw in, of course, the animated series, Eryx. Yeah. But the Osler is named after famed Canadian physician Sir William Osler. Ooh. Born in 1849. Where? In Bond Head. That's right. See, Sarah, I'm doing my work. I promised I would. There you go. Gonna add that to your intro next week, Sarah. Well, thank you. Osler's considered the father of (laughs) modern medicine. No. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Glug, glug, glug. 
And I find it very interesting, the irony of the ostler, where it's supposed to be, you know, nice bedside manner and all this stuff, and the ship is just all hard angles and creepy and dark, and the Adosian has no bedside manner, neither does Dr. Ta'ana. So that kind of all combined in there. Then we had random other stuff going on with Anthony, the salamander. Oh, my God. Which, which when he's getting a little rub down at the end, there's... I was like, he was enjoying that far too much. Borg allegedly smelled like trash bags. Or not <laughs> empty, full, mm-hmm. don't know. Scented? <laughs> Scented. I, it's got to be in some way. Febreze. Mmm. So. Uh, we get victims of Delta radiation in pike chairs, but now with Aloha shirts and or bikini. <laughs> Have have they decided not to upgrade the pike chairs after a hundred years? That's really the burning question here. <laughs> I think the best they, they can said, do. You know yeah. what? It's beeping, the farm. beeping is just fine. That makes every single form of communication just perfect. <laughs> nah. Beep. Yeah. Then you're like, okay. Uh, we got transporter accident victims. Drew the Regellian, voiced by a well, look at look, rewatch the episode, look in the credits. You'll be digging who voiced him. Um, on the med tray in Dr. Ta'ana's sickbay, there's a little thing, and it looks like an egg timer to me. And I don't know what it's officially called, but it was in TNG all the time. I didn't so, see that. Huh. You check it out. There's I think an it's egg. an egg timer. Is it an egg timer? Okay. Because <laughs> that's important in sickbay. And then, hey, we've got a captain. And Dan, I'll need your help on this one as well. There's a Captain Dayton, maybe mm-hmm. named after... Oh, the New York Times bestselling author? Dayton Warden? Yeah, could be. Holy cow. <laughs> but that's, that, you know, that's the main stuff I found this week. Is there anything else that you guys caught on? There were a couple things. I really liked it. at one point um, they talked about Professor Rubicek. Uh, at Starfleet mm-hmm. Academy, and I think that might have been named after the guy who played Kivas Fajo uh, in The Most Toys, a great data Saul Rubinchak. TNG, yeah. Well, his name is Saul Rubinek, so it might be a variation of it. I just watched that episode yesterday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Nice. I heard that, too. I really like him. He's great. I want to know who did the voice of the... Uh, the guy on on the um, farm ship because he was mm, he, he had a nice so good. baritone voice and his laugh was awesome mm-hmm. right very deep um, very rich question this is embarrassing but I don't care um, <laughs> Jellico is the reference to the chain of command right yes yeah. yes yep. oh I loved him yep. Awesome. Loved He's an awesome him. Captain. Really? Oh, loved yeah. him. Much. I love Jellico. Yeah. Yeah. I loved him so much that I couldn't remember what he was with. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I got him confused with if he showed up for Best of Both Worlds, but that was Shelby uh, showed up for that. Yes. Not as a captain, but as a. Well, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I gotta watch him again. As it's a been B. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I, when I saw that Division 14 ship, I instantly thought of one of two things. I thought of uh, the draconian marauders from Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yes. And I also thought of the Phoenix from Battle of the Planets. Um, it doesn't look a lot like the Phoenix, but just the layout of it is like, oh my God. So, I mean, those are uh, completely unrelated to Star Trek in any way. But in my uh, my young nerddom, that's the first one of the first things I thought of when I saw that ship. Right on, man. Well, see, that's bringing in where all the other stuff that they're thinking about, different stuff in the writer's room. 
Excellent. I have a question about yeah. one of the things that we saw. Um, when uh, the captain's entourage came out of the turbo lift, we saw the Rigelian, we saw the Vulcan. Is the other one a trill? I wasn't really sure. She didn't have the mm. trill spots, but she had spots, and I wasn't really sure what she was. I thought she was, but mm, that's a Hard saying. Mm, I'll have to look into that one. You do that. Report back to us next week. All right, I'll be back. <clears throat> <laughs> He's off. Mind the gap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I tell you, everybody, as always, we want to take this time to thank our dear friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. We are huge supporters of small businesses during this crazy time of COVID-19, and Fansets really sets the bar for what a successful small business is all about. Absolutely, Kevin. They never provide anything but the best customer service around. If you ever have a problem with your order, Lou and John are right there to make things right. They are huge fans, too, so they know exactly what you expect when ordering the latest products to add to your always-growing collection. Indeed, and speaking of collections, Sarah, as you may have heard, the latest release for their awesome Star Trek Delta collection, the full-size com badge from All Good Things, had to be postponed slightly because I didn't like the finished look of the pin. It's that attention to detail which really makes fansets stand out above the rest. So while we wait for that awesome com badge, you can pick up Soji from Picard, as well as two new surprise pins that just got announced this week, the brand spanking new La Serena ship nose art, and Rebecca Romaine's number one from Discovery <gasps> Season 2, and the upcoming Strange New Worlds. Don't tell anybody. That's awesome, Stan. And Fansets would like to thank everyone who took part in their special poll over their monthly blog site. They are happy to announce that they have found a black frame for the upcoming Voyager 25 collector set, and you'll be able to pre-order this set starting on October 1st. In the meantime, Fansets has a great offer just for Discovering Trek listeners. If you'd like to save 15% off your entire order at Fansets.com, just enter the special discount code LOWERDEX at checkout. That's LOWERDEX in all capital letters with no spaces for some great savings. And of course, don't forget that if you spend more than $30, you're going to get free shipping in the United States. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. Hey, Discovering Trek listeners. So when you're just lying in your bunk, staring at the ceiling tiles and thinking about what to think about, remember, if there is someone you can shove out at the airlock, do so. Call it impulsive. Call it compulsive. Call it insane. We call it Sarah's Ensign's Log. <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> I thought you would recognize those lyrics. I, I do. Deep. I do. I just can't. I can hear it, but I can't name it. Thank you, Mr. Kasem. Yeah, what you're was welcome it? for the top 40. Oh, I'm never going to get it. Okay, so the characters talk really fast. <laughs> I'm struggling sometimes with it. I really am. And it's funny because I talk really fast. And now I'm really going to be mindful not to because it's it, it's awful sometimes. <laughs> There's a time and a place. And now I'm like, oh my god, I have to pause, rewind, pause, rewind, try to type out what I wanted to write down as my favorite quotes. So just, uh, just saying. That was a, a challenge today. Space, a final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name 
Enterprise. Hit it. Um, what have I got for favorite lines? There's some good stuff in this, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a lot of it came out of the whole side story of Boimler and his adventures on the most horrific ship in Starfleet. Um when he goes and uh, rats on everybody, <laughs> and then they, br- <laughs> then he's like, Boimler told me everything. Brad Boimler, right there. <laughs> like, just throws him under the bus, too. I thought that was, like, such a good sign of, like, this is where we're at right now. Um, and then the whole, when they arrive at that beautiful planet, and he's like, you know, we should have just talked it out. Maybe paint the ship some friendlier colors. Turn the lights on. And I think that like yeah. sums up the whole episode, or at least that yeah. storyline in a nutshell. Of like, this is what happens when you have bad communication all around. Is <laughs> people who have no idea what's going on and they think the worst, and it turns into paranoia. And of course, you can't beat his. It's just the way I laugh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's who I am. I loved it. I loved his character. I thought he was fantastic. Um, and my other favorite line was just, I, I think, you know, I, I didn't know if I was struggling with the captain's character. And I, I don't think I am. I think I love her. And I think she's hilarious. And I think she's so determined to be just admired and and famous as one of the greatest captains ever because there she was like i've got to go these roloc seeds are highly volatile and i may be called to plant them at any moment like it's <laughs> she knows it's nothing important but she's trying so hard to sound so important and it just makes me i don't know i feel like i kind of know that i can relate to that at my own job where you just you just want a little bit more credit maybe where credit sometimes is due and you're not getting it so you're just making everything seem like this paper cut could have been really bad you guys and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing that i know my occupational health and safety standards and i got it a band-aid because i could have died today so you just you know filing can be dangerous so you know <laughs> and there wasn't even any antibiotic element exactly <sighs> right sometimes you run out and it's a yeah. thing Totally. In these times, 2020, can we can, can we stop for a minute, please? Uh, no ointment. No ointment. No ointment. Ointment. Anyway, it's- it was a fun episode, and it was. I struggled to find a couple of like good solid quotes, but I thought that that whole storyline on that ship to the farm was littered with some really good lines. Your your part that you talked about with the captain uh, and and the way she was making what she was doing sound so important. On the opposite side of that coin, you saw Shaxx behind her looking oh, bored yeah. to death. <laughs> and, of know. course, Ransom there lifting those weights that somehow came along. I really like the difference between the captain and those two in that scene. Yeah. Um, I only had one line for this week, and it was a short line, but it was pretty funny. It was when they were trying to escape the ship, and the jellyfish baby creature was wrapping the captain up, and Mariner dives in and goes, not today, snot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's really the only quotable one. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) What about you, Bill? No, you hit it. Uh, it. There's not a whole lot of memorable quotes in this episode, like Sarah pointed out. Yeah. Um, but that one probably is the most quotable out of, you know, after the, uh, you know, uh, Boimler told me everything line. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brad Boimler, right, right there. there, right there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, that's uh, that's the one that does it for me. Casey, anything to add to this amazing discussion? The only the only one that came up again, Boims is just the butt kisser that he is and afraid of everything. He's like, what if nobody wants a sparkly captain? <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That is good. It's like still no spine, consistent character, excellent. (laughs) It's amazing watching this show, knowing it's the same guy who's on the boys. It just blows me away every week. It really does. Really blows me away. Yep. 
Well, you know, it's funny. We didn't have a lot of quotable quotes this week. We didn't really have a lot of things to discuss in the decon chamber either, is at least what I could see. Now, I've kind of turned this into a two-part thing in the decon chamber because last week I talked about how every week there has been a Jordy Visor seeing. I did not see one this week. Did anybody see it? No. no. Isn't it? No, sir. Oh, so the streak ends. Mm. Well, all right. Well, we got a couple of things to talk about here in the decon chamber. And it was both drool-related. I've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment B. Monster Dog had a lot of drool when he was hanging upside down on the ceiling as Spider Exorcist 3 creature monster. And uh, then uh, the wheelchair-bound, Captain Pike wheelchair-bound officer had drool because it's Captain Pike injury drool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. It's it's a weak decon chamber this week. But Sarah might have something. Sarah, what about the massage oil on the salamander <laughs> thing that was like really into the massage? That looked like Miracle Whip. It was nasty. Actually, miracle now that whip. you think about it, what was the what was the creature behind Anthony that was getting a massage? Also, because it looked like very gelatinous looking. Mm-hmm. C- creature. Uh, well, maybe we I can use know. that one. You, you missed a really big one. I just realized now. The fact that Uh-oh. all of this, there was a bog. Bog oh. is swampy and messy. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah we could do gross. that. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. want to be true. in a bog. I like that. The ruined my shoes. That whole planet. They wore, planet they wore hip waders and everything. They did. Right. Starfleet wow. issue hip waders. Dan, gosh. Dan Island. fails again. Take it's a, a good thing we have this Canadian on the show. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan. Mm. Though, though there wasn't a visor, I think you could throw this in here because I was tracking, once again, the tricorder, Mariner's okay. tricorder. And when, when they all leave for the mission at 9 minutes 39 seconds, you see them leave. There's a tricorder left there. And it doesn't have the deep purple stripe, but it does have a purple stripe. Oh. I, I, I don't know. So Is it back? Maybe, maybe not. Wow, know, that man. would be nice. I would like that. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know either. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, folks, it's now it's time to get into the turbo lift and head all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some of the other elements in this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our dear friends over at Science Division. They're the makers of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection, and you can find out more at sciencediv.com. Science Division, Trouble's never been this fun. Okay, I have a feeling that this is going to be quite a discussion. I've seen some of the comments. I've got my own. I haven't really shared much. Um, I... This was a hard episode for me. I'm not going to start first because I just want to hear what everybody else is saying, and then I'll, I'll, you know, go whichever way the wind is blowing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're consistent. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Uh, Sarah. Let's let's start with you. Um, What do what what are some of your thoughts about this one? Um, you know, this one is I get controversial in some ways. I think there's been a lot of different mixed reactions to it. before I get into that, me personally, I enjoyed the Boimler storyline more than the Mariner storyline because I'm, and I, I hate to be negative, but I'm, I'm kind of over the whole fact that she's an ensign and everyone thinks it's either weird or not weird or she has to prove herself or doesn't have to prove herself. We get it. She's an ensign. She's really smart. She doesn't have to answer to anybody. If she wants to be an ensign, she can be an ensign. So that kind of, that storyline, I was just like, eh, like it's, it's, there's some funny lines and it's, it's, it's good entertainment. It kind of grows the character a little bit, but not, you know, gives a bit of backstory that she has a friend who's a captain and whatever. 
but um the other storyline i really kind of enjoyed it because i looked at it as like a there was so much to look at with all the different like people in the background that had these injuries and it was kind of scary and it was like you know it seemed so unlike trek and it had the happy ending that they get to this place where they're actually going to be taken care of and there's a chance that they're all going to maybe be cured or or whatever the case may be so i thought that that had like a little story that wrapped up but um the use of the word freak I can see as being a concern for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Um, And I see that my opinion of that is that it's such a generational thing because that to me is a word that was just so thrown around for so long. It's in music, it's in this, but I understand and appreciate and agree that it's not ideal. And it, to me, it wasn't a huge issue because they kind of, the one character kind of called himself that like, this is what we are. We're, we're fighting back. We're calling ourselves that it wasn't so much that they were being called that, but it was still kind of a, dance on a line that I was like, eh, we don't need to go there, really. So I can understand that that one was a big one for a a lot of folks. And just the fact that there would be a ship like that, that the captain would be that way, that he would allow for people to have this fear of not knowing where they're going to go and to think that they're that they are to be hidden. Like you should never let anyone mm-hmm. think that for five seconds. So right. um I get that that was like, until you see the ending, you're like, this is dark. But all in all, knowing the episode from front to start, I found it to be kind of littered with humor and creepy and lots of fun things to look at. So that's why I kind of gave it more than a half. I didn't give it a, a fail, but, you know, it's okay. it's where do they go next, right? Like, it kind of just makes me wonder and worry about other little things to come, maybe. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of good points. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear a different perspective Um than what I've been seeing online and and some of possibly what else we have to talk about here. So, Casey, what about you? What were your uh, what were your big thoughts about this week's episode? Um, I, I kept going back and forth because it, it there were aspects of it I enjoyed and others like sort of brought up that I just thought you know this this is not humorous. <laughs> I found a lot less humor in this. This could have been an, an animated show that is just going straight. For a straight story and not humor, um, I I liked a bit with Mariner that they went deeper in that she's got stuff that she wants to work out for herself. So, mm-hmm. like Sarah said, all this external people of judging her that she's done with it completely. And even though this is her friend who who says, "Hey, I I know we know you're smart. You were the leader. You you kept us on a, our toes and doing all that." And Mariner is saying, hey, that's great, but I'm tired of everybody telling me what to do, and I need to find out who I am for me. Um, so I thought that in, that introspective part was very, very cool. Um, I even went back to episode one, Second Contact, and when Captain Freeman's talking with her husband and, you know, mom and dad there, and it's like, if she doesn't fit in, she, if she didn't fit in here, you would send her back to the keto. She doesn't fit in. And it's like... Well, does she not fit in her or is she just trying to find who she is and is doing it on her timetable, not anyone else's? So that could be. Um, you know, I, I found the whole thing about a dog going, you know, upstate to the farm kind of like, whoa, crud. This is <laughs> this is going deeper than I thought it would. Um, and yeah, that that ship where you have people on it for months on end promising to get this place seemed very non-Starfleet-y to me. 
and the fact that they're all shoved in one room together, I just kept going back and go, this is, um, mm. if, if this is supposed to be a humorous show, this is not humorous to me. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Let me ask you a question. You brought up something before we get to Bill and I's discussion um, with Mariner. I want to ask each one of you this. Do you want to find out her backstory and why she was demoted and why she likes staying um, in Lower Decks, as she put it, and and what caused her change uh, of where she was before? Because she said that things had happened. Bill, what do you think? I'm going to say no. I think we know as much as we need to know. Um, you know, she's, it's like Casey said, she's finding her way. She doesn't really care about advancing. Mm -hmm. She's about enjoying the experience, um, and the journey. Um, so I, I, whether they get into that or not, I don't know that it matters. Um, if this were an hour long live action show, I think it would matter. But since this is a 20 minute long animated show, Mm -hmm. no, I think we know her motivations well enough. Okay, Sarah, do you agree? Um, I would love to know a bit more about her backstory, but not through the show. I think a graphic novel or a comic book would be really cool, mm. even if it's, if it's standalone or something, because I think that there's enough there now that I'm interested. But I'm just kind of because I, I think that's why I get frustrated is like the whole like she has to explain herself. I'm like I, I'm with you, girl, but I do kind of want to know because I like her and I want to know what you know, like anybody, why do they tick? And so hmm. I think you just gave Dayton Ward an yeah. excellent story idea. Hey. That's Ooh. awesome, Dayton. Are you listening? What about you, Casey? Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, either way I'll float, I'll see, seesaw yeah. on this one because part of it is I don't, I don't need to know. It's not something where I'm dying. If they choose to give it to us. Okay. I mean, I'll watch it, but basically I keep going that she, she's smart. She's intelligent. She's great. She knows she goes, why can't I just be like a kick butt ensign and mm-hmm. be really good about this? So I I almost think whatever we have in our heads is going to be a better story than whatever they come up with, because then that just narrows it down. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the side of I don't want to know what it is. I want that mystery to stay there all the time. Um, maybe little hints here and there, like we've seen, but nothing that really gives up anything. That was just a little a little tangent on our discussion. So Bill, uh, I don't know about you, but I um I had trouble with this episode this week. I um I really wasn't um as happy with it as I thought I would be after I saw the preview. But uh, where do you stand? I'll get into my comments, but I, I want to hear what you have to say first. I think this is two very different episodes that almost don't go together. Um, uh, now that's not to say I wasn't entertained by it. It's not to say I didn't enjoy it because I did. But on one hand, you've got this very Star Trek story about this this starship about to turn into another life form. I mean, you don't get more Star Trek than that. Um, that's, I mean, you know, it's, it's straight out of TNG in many levels. And then on the other hand, you've got this really sort of crisis of, of conscience of sorts where, you know, Boiler's going to get sent to the Island of Misfit Toys in Starfleet. And that's really (laughs) what kind of rubs me the wrong way. You know, Sarah brought up a great point about the word freak earlier. And although it is, you know, more colloquial these days, I have to believe that in the future, in Gene Roddenberry's future, where we're not supposed to care about these things, there probably wouldn't be the equivalent of a freak colony. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, uh, that's just the way I feel about it. Um, does that mean that I didn't enjoy that part of the episode? No, I thought it was quite humorous. I did have some good laughs. We learned that, uh, Tendi is really kind of dark. <laughs> I mean, you program a dog to do that stuff. You, um, <laughs> you got to take a good long look in the mirror at yourself. And you know, we also learned that, you know, that, uh, 
Mariner has friends that are making captain already, which says that she's been an ensign for a damn long time. Yeah. Um, now this this captain could have had a hero's promotion like Kirk in the Kelvin timeline, where he went from cadet to captain in one movie. Okay, great. Maybe it was something like that. But I also feel like Mariner's getting left behind in a way. And I think that that's going to start to grate on her. Even though she wants to be the, the most kick-ass ensign in Starfleet, I have to believe when she sees her contemporaries commanding their own starship, she's going to be like, uh, excuse me? But I keep coming back to the Freak Island, and that's really what gives me the most pause this week. I don't know if Starfleet would have that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And the thing that I found myself asking the question is this island, so to speak, we'll call it the island. I, I wanted to jump in with my Charlie in the Box impersonation, but I just can't do it because it's too serious a, conver- a, a conversation <laughs> right now. Um, but is this a place where they're going to stay and be isolated for the rest of their lives? Or is this a place where they really are going to try and cure them? We're, we're, we kind of are told that a little bit, but it doesn't look like it when they get there. To me, it's a resort. There's pools. You're getting massages. Two nice-looking aliens come over and are ready to take Boimler and, and give him his special massage. But because he's not a freak anymore, they kick him off the planet. So I was kind of torn as to what's really going on here. Is this supposed to be someplace where you can get cured from these accidents that took place and exactly what what people have said uh, during this discussion that's not something that you would expect to see in the star trek universe gene's universe as we always say in air quotes has evolved to not take things like that into consideration i 100 percent get what everybody's saying the the episode was funny Mm -hmm. i laughed at some of those scenes the great callbacks all that kind of stuff but if i sit down and say okay well let me back up I had to really sit back and say, okay, this is a comedy. It is an animated comedy in the Star Trek universe. I have to try to make sure that doesn't take over my thought process about how un-Star Trek some of the aspects of this episode were. And I found myself struggling with that. As much as I love the show and I love the characters, that was a real that was a real hard part of that episode for me. I have to say that if I'm supposed to consider this series as canon, like they want us to, mm-hmm. I have to have those internal discussions. Yeah. I'm getting to the point where I can't think of this as canon. I enjoy it. I'll watch mm-hmm. it. I'll keep watching it. But I have a hard time seeing this laying into the into the cornerstones of, of Star Trek canon the way they, they want us to at this point. On that note, I have to hope that they have all of these questions coming to them while they were writing. Because you know they got smart writers in the yeah, writer's room absolutely. when they're doing this. And you know because they're such Star Trek fans, you know that somebody in the writer's room is going to be like, whoa, hold on, dude. This doesn't sound very Star Trek-y to me. So maybe it's all part of the plan. And in the rest of the season and the next season, maybe those questions may or may not be answered. Um that's the that's the the serious part of the discussion that I wanted to bring up. I loved seeing how genius Tendi actually is when she was talking yes. about all the DNA sequencing and four billion lines of code or DNA or whatever it was. She's a smart cookie, and she created a just just a, a horrifying 
uh, creature, but at, then at the end it kind of like floated away and was all nice and fluffy and everything. So there were some really good aspects to this. I did like um, uh, I did like the the jellyfish at the end. I, I just really uh, I loved that reference to to uh, to all good things. Uh, I love the reference to threshold. All these callbacks that they do subtly are just always something that I enjoy. So this one had both stuff that I loved and stuff that really made me scratch my head and really have to think a little bit. The reference to all good things. I'm sorry, not all good things. Encounter far. Okay, sorry. I was like, what? Yeah. What did I miss? I got the badge on. I didn't catch it. I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. loving that badge. <laughs> <laughs> I want that badge, bad. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, good, uh, good stuff. Serious stuff, funny stuff. You bring it all in one big mishmash, and and you know we're gonna have a good conversation. Casey, what do you think, man? Can I? I just have one other thing, really quick, for you yeah. guys to think about. Uh, it's like I found the whole. Mariner not bringing the tricorders down to be something. I mean, if that thing exploded, those characters are dead. So this isn't, you know, a quirkiness or yawning in front of a, an admiral type stuff. So that writing really threw me. Mm. I can, I can totally get that. It was like, really? You are the first officer right now, and you've been on away missions before. I can see where you're coming with that. I was going to say, as soon as you said that, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. For weeks now, we've been in agreement that it has been the uh, Mariner and Boimler and Tendi and Rutherford show, with each one having their own. So it was nice to see Tendi with Boimler mm-hmm. and Rutherford was kind of by himself a little bit, but a little bit with Boimler at the beginning. And Mariner was completely off on her own this week, doing something mm-hmm. completely different. So they are mixing it up a little bit more than we've seen in past weeks. I'm looking forward to when all four of them are heavily involved in something, which, yes. spoiler alert, maybe we'll see next week. Speaking of next week, Casey, what do we have going on next week? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was great, subtle. My man. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Long-range scan of planet complete. Well, Dan, (laughs) next time on Discovering (laughs) Trek, we're getting close to the end of the season with episode 8 titled Veritas. Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford are caught off guard when aliens force them to testify about a series of seemingly unrelated events. Mm. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts are found. Plus, now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts Look out. And a lot of other perks. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are so thankful for their support. Ken Tripp, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lesque, Jim McMahon... And the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at one bar of gold press latinum. I'm just kidding. It's just a dollar a month. 
Nice. <laughs> for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to Rewind with Sarah and Haley, there's Polytrex, there's Five Year Mission, the podcast, and the brand new Infinite Trek, providing even more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. Plus, don't forget that Discovering Trek will break down every episode of Star Trek Discovery's third season starting October 19th. To find all our podcasts and where you can download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one talks Trek like we do. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Lower Lower Decks discussion, people. An episode that is sure to bring about intense discussion like we had right here uh, across the entire Star Trek universe spectrum. So what did you think? Be sure to contact us and and just let us all know. I'm sure Bill is just dying to hear what everybody thought, so email him directly. Uh, And as I do every week, I can't thank my great co-hosts, Sarah, Casey, and Bill, for all of they do. All, try. Of, all that, all that they try. do, all that uh, you do, try hard, and I appreciate it. And I want to thank every single one of you for listening. I look forward to the next time we travel to the farm, sit by the pool, pour a drink, and discuss episode eight, Veritas. So until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at 5yearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.